Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Dave. And we're the hosts of the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, where we bring you stories that delve into the science and spirit behind intriguing people doing extraordinary things. Welcome to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast. This week, it's episode 64. This week, we have the one and only Michael Wardian on the call. Now, Michael is an iconic ultra, American ultramarathoner with numerous national championships under his belt. In 2017, get this, in 2017, he ran seven marathons in second, seven consecutive days in seven continents, recording an average time of a mind-blowing two hours and 45 minutes per marathon. 2020, Wardian won the Quarantine Backyard Ultra by running 263 miles over a course of 63 sleepless hours. Mike is best known for crushing an ultra marathon than the next day or the day after that, going to a local 10K, 5K race and you know, crushing the, uh, the competition in just a blistering time. It's unreal to see his recovery. It's awesome. I'm super excited to find out a little bit more about his tactics with winning the 63 hours with Quarantine Backyard Ultra because selfishly, I'm gonna be duking out against him at um, Big's Backyard in mid-October down in Tennessee. Hopefully I can get down there. So Mike, he runs often and he runs super fast. Welcome to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, Mike. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, Mike, hey, it's a pleasure. There's lots of stuff I wanna dive into. We'll get to the seven continent thing as well along the way. But, uh, you know, I, I it's just great to meet you because we read about you a lot and you have this sort of really interesting ethic to you. You know, you're like a guy who says, you know, don't like losing, but more than that, you feel like you want to win, but you want to live. And so, so what, because that's what it seems to me. But, but maybe because it's sort of interesting, we always see the end of the story. It's like, where did, Mike Wardian start was he you know at seven years old this tenacious kid who ran around the block and through people's backyards did you run in high school were you a competitor or did did you have that adult epiphany that pulled you into this crazy sport of ultra running give us the the Mike Wardian early story yeah, I'm mean, happy to do that. So uh, I was uh, I was born in West Virginia, um, moved uh, in a fourth grade to Virginia. Um, so Northern Virginia, right outside Washington, D.C., a place called Oakton. Um, I was uh, adventurous as a kid, for sure. Like I would play army and go for... Um, you know, this was uh, in the you know late 70s, early 80s. So like the parents would send you out. It was kind of like for any of your audience that's watched Stranger Things, like it was kind of like that, you know, we'd head out on bikes for the day and the parents would open the door and say like, see you later. Um, but you know, I was a pretty good student. Uh, I didn't run growing up. I, um, at least not um, traditionally, like not uh, cross country or track or, uh, anything like that. I played a sport called lacrosse, which is uh, the Canadian national sport, I think, Absolutely. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so it's a Native American sport. You run around with sticks, try to score goals. Um, so I was really, really into that. Like I um, wanted to be the best absolute lacrosse player I could be. I wanted to play in college. So 
I'd say by sixth or seventh grade, I was pretty focused on, you know, trying to become a division one lacrosse player. So I spent um, a lot of my energy um, trying to achieve that goal. It was actually really funny. I went to a lacrosse camp at university of Maryland and the coach said like, if you throw the ball against the wall, 50 times right-handed and 50 times left-handed um, every day until you graduate college or high school, uh, I'll, I'll recruit you. And I was like, Oh my God, that's true. What I didn't realize is he was saying like, basically if you like now that I'm older, what he was saying is basically if you have the dedication and wherewithal to throw the ball every day on holidays, on Christmas, on your birthday, uh, you'll be so good that there'll be no reason why I shouldn't recruit you. Not that it was an actual invitation, but I literally d didn't know that that's what he <laughs> meant. Like, uh, so I basically did that, you know, every day I would uh, practice and, um, you know, I was, I was pretty good. I played, um, got recruited to play lacrosse at Michigan State University, which was a division one program and played uh, lacrosse uh, through my junior year of college. And then my senior year decided to um, have a, have a year of being a, a student and taking advantage of uh, being in a fraternity. And I really just wanted to go on spring break because uh, we'd always go on a lacrosse trip for spring break. And I was like sick of going to Baltimore when all my friends were going to Cancun and Key West. And so stopped playing lacrosse, um, had an amazing year, but I picked up running kind of just to stay fit and fill that void of lacrosse. And um, I'd always been interested in running and it was, um, it was during that time that I discovered that I was pretty good at it. And I actually, uh, funny enough, I went to my um, fraternity brother, Vince Boyson's house over Easter um, and his mom had just come back from the Boston Marathon. And, and that's really what got me hooked. That was the first time I met a real person that had done a marathon and, you know, not someone you see on TV, but just a regular person. And I was like, wow, if Vince's mom can run a marathon, I can totally run a marathon. Like I'm a D1 athlete. Like, um, but she was nice enough to give me the tools to, um, to have kind of some guidance. Cause I was just kind of like, you know, I'd run three miles if I felt like it, or, you know, I'd try to run to the, you know, the farm at the edge of campus, which was like 10 miles or something, but I didn't really have any structure. And she basically just gave me like, you know, now it'd be like, you could search on the internet, but in the early nineties, you know, that it wasn't like that. So, mm -hmm. um, so I took her training plan and, and decided that I was going to run the Boston marathon not knowing that you actually had to qualify. And this is like a lifelong goal of people, you know, <laughs> like this is like not something most people do on their first try or ever, you know, it's, it's kind of a big deal. And so, um, so yeah, luckily I sent them my, back in those days, you didn't like go and sign up online. You actually had to send like a self-addressed stamped envelope. Uh, I sent my envelope. They sent me back the little brochure that said like, Hey, what's your qualifying time? And I was like, Oh crap. Like what? And uh, that's when I realized, oh, shoot, I have to actually prove to these people that I know what I'm doing. And so I was like, well, I got to run another marathon. I was like, I don't really want to, but um, I ran the Marine Corps marathon <laughs> because it was right by where my parents live in Arlington. It starts like at Iwo Jima Memorial and it runs around the city. And I figured if it goes really bad, my parents can kind of drag me off the course and take me home and um, too far. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not going to have to spend a lot of money because I was very, very um, uh, poor uh, when I graduated from college and was just kind of getting started in the workforce. And so um, 
so yeah, so I qualified actually, like I ran, I think 306 or 308, um, my first marathon. Um, and how did and, that go? Like, did, did it, did that suck or did were you at the end where you're like, Oh, that, that wasn't that bad. Uh, no, it was, well, I ran in like lacrosse shorts and like, um, so like all the typical problems that you have, right. Not knowing like, um, and it, when I was very first starting out, I was very, um, very, um, opinionated. I thought like you shouldn't drink and you shouldn't like take any food because I thought it was cheating. Like I was, I was very idealistic about like, Hey, this is you versus the distance and you shouldn't right. take outside assistance. And like, you, you should really suffer, <laughs> which like knowing now what I know, like, it's yeah. just stupid. Cause like, if you're running fast enough, you're going to suffer quite a bit, no matter how yeah. much outside assistance <laughs> you're taking. But right. so I, I deliberately tried to like drink, not very much. And, uh, I didn't like have shorts with liners. So I had some mm -hmm. chafing and, mm -hmm. I wore like a cotton t-shirt. So I had like, you know, kind of some bloody nipples starting and, you know, um, but yeah, I was like with, I think at, you know, two miles to go, I had like 15 minutes and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to make it. And then I was like, I have so much time. And then with like a mile to go, I was like, Oh crap. I only have like, I don't know, eight, 10 minutes. Like this is actually getting kind of close. And then uh, I don't know if you've ever run Marine Corps, but it kind of like, at that point you like went all the way up the hill around Iwo Jima and you finished on the grass and so like I, I just remember going like oh god I think I'm gonna make it and then with like a half mile to go I was like I'm definitely gonna make it and then I got to the hill and I was like oh crap maybe I'm not gonna make it and then of course <laughs> yeah. like I made it but like it yeah. was like oh I got plenty of time and then you don't really I, I still sometimes struggle with this. You're like, oh, I'm so close. I only have like 200 meters. That's not going to be very long. And then like a minute later, like you may have seen like Wamsley running the world record for the 100K. And like, you're <laughs> like, oh my God, he's so close. Like he's totally going to make it. And then all yeah. of a sudden you're like, wait, that's actually further than it looks. And then you're yeah. like, oh crap, he's not going to make it. Like, oh, no. like And the worst uh, is so, what's happening to you, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing you can do. Like we've all been there before. Like, uh, you know, I qualified for three Olympic trials, but I tried to qualify for that first one so many times. And it would be like, you had to run mm. sub 222 for a marathon. And I remember yeah. getting there and cursing the queen that made them move it further, you know, for, <laughs> I was like, God damn it. Why did she do that? Because like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm 20 seconds over or whatever. And then of course, like, be about her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah. then the rash. Yeah, of course, because the rational thing would be, well, like if it wasn't moved, like the time would just be faster, you idiot. But like, <laughs> right. Right. You know, yeah. yeah. That's like, what I always love at the Olympics. They always say like, like there was, you know, the, you know, Canadian hundred uh, meter runner um, got third and, and they said, Oh, if the race was 110 meters, he would have won. I'm like, but it wasn't, it was, it was a hundred, but let, let's go back, Michael, a second, because like, yeah, you know, so Vince's mom, you know, when she came back and ran the Boston marathon and her name's what, Vicky, how, how I always try to give her a shout out. So it's yeah, Vicky how did that conversation go? Like what, what, what did she say? Like, what was the energy? It was it like this, this, this inspiring, like, Hey, I'm an older, well, back then, you know, women who were moms of our friends, they, they seemed so old. 
right now oh yeah dude yeah and they were totally probably like in their mid-30s right yeah i know like they're like way younger than us and you're like this old woman did this you know tell me more about that that initial feeling and i know it was a while back but like no 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 i remember it like it was yesterday man it was like one of those seminal moments in your life right like you always kind of remember (laughs) that it's kind of like we were talking on a trip i was just on about like people's first kisses you know and it's like one of those things like you probably remember you kissed you know missy joe behind the tree in elementary school or whatever right like it's something that kind of is etched in your and burned in your memory but like yeah it was basically we were uh having dinner at her house and um and vince not i don't know we were just talking we were just like you know she i'm sure she was like oh my god my son's drinking buddy thinks he's gonna run a marathon sure like this is gonna be funny like i'll give him some help um and she was super generous with her time and information and she was just like sure you can do it and that's what i think is so cool like i feel like most runners uh if they're really legitimate people which i feel like almost everyone i've met in the running community is are encouraging right and you know maybe Hmm. in the back of her head she was like and i'm pretty sure she was like there's no way that he's actually going to follow through with this um probably like the you know university of maryland coach that i told you about earlier right like yeah Mm -hmm. sure like some kids really going to do that but like i took it to heart and she was like hey yeah i mean it's completely achievable i'll try to help you and then she basically went to a book and photocopied it and gave it to me. Um, and, cool. and now I know how that works because I was the guy making the photocopies for my bosses at the time. I'm sure she went in and asked, you know, one of her assistants to, you know, make some photocopies uh, and she gave it to me. And it was just like, you know, we used to have to buy <laughs> at school, like they probably don't do this anymore, but you had to buy like supplemental, like magazine articles that they would bind for you in like a like a little notebook um Mm -hmm. it was like a reading pamphlet and that's what it was and it you know basically said it you know run 10k on monday and i would run 10k on monday and if it was snowing Mm -hmm. and it said run eight miles on tuesday that's what i would do and i just Mm -hmm. did that and you know it was one of those things where like i just made this for somebody for the new york city marathon but it's like you know, it basically is like you're 40 weeks out, you know, you should do this. Or if you're 20 weeks out, this should be what your training looks like. And it was, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not rocket science, but it was basically what we all do, right? It was like a speed session. It was like a longer tempo run and it was a long run. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're doing that for your first marathon, you're going to do just fine, probably. You know, it's interesting, Mike. I, uh, I was, you know, as, slow as most people are you know I did some cross country wasn't a really good runner you go three years and you do some 5ks with friends and then you know there's a point where if you're at least have thought of the Boston Marathon it's very intimidating right this idea I could qualify and and then if you put some work into it you can and you know (laughs) this great level of satisfaction I've run the Boston Marathon five times and it's, it's like one of my favorite races of all time but but what, what's interesting for me to think about is like, and get your perspective on this, getting that validation is, is helpful to, you know, what one sets out to do, because you, know, you didn't think you were going to be able to do it, right? That was your, you just said that. And then, then you do it and there's this satisfaction that comes from that, which then makes you want to do more. You know, when you finally qualify and then you go up to Boston and you run, I mean, which is also just, I think, the greatest fun course because the people on the side are amazing, right? And it's like, yes. And I'm actually thing. wondering if they're going to have those people out this year because I was actually, 
I'm curious if they're going to let the people actually be on the course, because if not, it's going to be a whole different yeah. Uh, atmosphere. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, no, I, I don't know how they would stop them, but, you know, it's sort of like... <laughs> well, uh, they could just have police say, like, yeah. hey, you're not going to be out That's there. It. Yeah. So did, did that kind of, you know, because you ultimately became, you know, so you're fast lacrosse runner, but that's not going to say that you're going to run a 217 marathon or, you know. Oh, no, no. There was a lot of, there was a lot of work between, between that first marathon in 1996 and, and the, and the 217 for sure. Yeah. So what was it that, is it, was a training program plus, you know, whatever genetics community, like what were the elements that got you sort of on this path towards high performance in endurance running? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think it was all those things, right? So like, I think um, after I qualified for Boston in 306, I I um, I heard, you know, I'd been running for a little while and I heard someone say like, oh, if you run three hours in the marathon, you know, sub three hours, that means you're a really good runner. And so like, I made that my goal, right? So I just kept making these little goals. Like at Boston, I was like, oh, I'm gonna try to run sub three hours and I ran 254. Um, and then I thought I was the shit, man. Like I went into like the <laughs> local running store and which is funny now, like looking back at it, right? Cause yeah. I went into the local running store and I was like, D -d 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 -d. like I just ran 254. <laughs> Yeah. And like, I'm talking to guys that work there that are like 217, 220 guys, right? And they're just like, oh, sweet. Good job, guy. You know, like, wow, you're, you're awesome. <laughs> um, uh, but like what they were, uh, again, like here's the um, the common thread was, you know, they were like, oh, this, you know, kind of brash, you know, young kids comes in and says he's really good. And I was like, I want to be, <laughs> I want to be on your you know, your running team. And they were just like, that's great, but you're not really fast enough yet. But we have these track sessions you can come to on Tuesday nights. And so, you know, if you start coming, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you can get on the team. And so I was like, I, again, you know, literally it was like, okay, fine. Like every Tuesday I showed up with the track team and I started in, you know, one of the slower groups and like by a month in, I was running with the fastest group. And, um, and then eventually I found out that these guys were all going to this race called the wall wall 10 miler. And I told my dad, I was like, I'm going to try to beat them all. Uh, and I ended up coming in second, like, you know, and they were like, Hey, do you want to be on the team? And I was like, yes, I want to be on the team. And so like, um, you know, that was, you know, pretty quickly, I kind of progressed and, um, but it, you know, it's, it's like anything you got to, and that's what I love about running is you either do the work or you don't, you know, there's no well, free pass. Well, and I think I, and I, I agree with that, Michael, because like, you know, there's a, a, a guy named Tre uh, Trevor Hoffbauer who, um, I don't know, eight years ago or so, you know, came to a running group that I'm involved up in, in Calgary. And it's a lot of like late thirties, all the way through forties and fifties. And we're all like, you know, 220 to 240 marathoners, like, you know, it's a quicker group in town, but we're all a bunch of old guys, you know? Right. And this younger guy came and he was like, Hey, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to run in the Olympics. And we're like, okay, cool. <laughs> and guess what he just did? He just ran in the Olympics. He ran a 2.09.40. Wow. I know. And so, and that was exactly it is, is that, you know, he went from step A to step B to step C and he just keep progressing and he didn't run a marathon for like the first, like four years. 
Yeah. He built up his half marathon pace to, I think it was like 103. And then he nice. bumped it up from there. And, but you know, the, the difference is that there's a lot of guys like Trevor who say, come, come out and say, I want to go to the Olympics. And 99% of them won't or more. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, yet, stuff happens, hand, man. yeah, but Michael, you, on the other hand, you're a lot like Trevor where you said, Hey, I want this. And then, you know, year after year, and even decade after decade, you put the work in. And what is that about you? Is it curiosity? Is it courage? Is it what, what I, I know this is a really dynamic question. You're probably the worst person to answer about yourself. But like, what, what is that? Why, why is it guys, like guys like you and Trevor, you know, put decades of work in and end up where you're at? Well, a lot of people tend to, to either quit along the way. Yeah, well, I, I feel like someone said this about me once. It's um, or I, I heard this about me, but I I, um, I, I have a lot of uh, I have pretty good focus, um, and I don't easily get distracted. But I'm also not smart enough to quit. So like um, so like I feel like sometimes that's a good thing. You know, sometimes it's maybe you know, you, you should know when to pull the plug uh, on things. And you know, I continue to, you know, have dreams, right? And I, I, it's weird because, I mean, you've been around the sport for a while and I'm sure there's a lot of people that, you know, were your contemporaries or, you know, the person you were chasing for years and, and um, they're maybe not in the sport anymore. And uh, it's, it's hard to, you know, find um, something that excites you, right? Like if, if you're always chasing you know, something that you're not getting, like, um, then it, it's hard to, you know, maintain that level of dedication, right? But I've mm -hmm. been lucky in that I've um, always been able to find motivation and, and something that, that I want to continue to, to work for. And I think that's given me the ability to have some resilience and the ability to continue to you know push myself when others might be like you know I'm never gonna run 217 again so like why should I bother right and mm -hmm. I might I for me I'm like well maybe I won't run that but you know maybe I'll you know do a quarantine backyard ultra or I'll try a super hard you know trail race that altitude that you know and living at sea level that's not always easy to train for yeah. or um, so like, I've always been excited about kind of exploring what's possible. Um, and I think that, uh, running gives us a lot of fitness to do, you know, everything. And so like, for me, it's like also like training for life, right? Like, so if I'm, you know, fit from running, then I can, you know, like we were talking before we started <laughs> the recording, but like, I'm super into pickleball now and, uh, I'm trying to, you know, increase my chess rating and <laughs> become like a master chess player. And so like, having stamina that I've built up and running allows me to do all these other things too, that excite me. And so like, mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there's that. And, you know, I feel like, um, the other thing too, is like racing, um, is, is a way that really feeds my desire to train. And so like, I like mm -hmm. the challenge of like going to events and, and pushing myself and, um, you know, if you want to, if you want, if you want to be able to do that, you have to do the work to, to, yes, to toe the line you know uh so i think we're on you know lately what's been interesting with dave and i getting to talk to you know lots of interesting people about their journey and what happens along this journey and you know i've been blogging for a long time and i was sort of inspired a couple of weeks ago by the you know this 
sort of perspective that Henry David Thoreau had about living deliberately, which is that the biggest fear that we have is when we find ourselves on our last day, finding that we hadn't lived. And so the choice is to live deliberately. And the, the living deliberately is putting in the work, right? That's what it's about. It's the, whatever the return that comes from that is, is innate inside of us. It doesn't matter whether it was a 217 or a 417. It's what Mike was, you're finding what you're capable of, but not everyone has to be at that same speed. Not at all. Same, same deliberate nature of living, right? Which is that we're going to find out what this system is capable of and then use it to the best degree possible. And you're, you're exploring all of that, right? So now it's great to hear, you know, okay, I'm gonna try pickleball and chess, but I think, you know, what I've also found is that, that the, the next phase is when you start to use all that capability to help everyone else get to, yeah. the, get to their level, right? That's when your deliberate and experience and your learnings can translate to a bigger even benefit because now you've hit that almost self-actualization. You know, no one has to question whether Mike Wardian, you know, went out there and did it. Like, you know, okay, <laughs> there's enough of that. We've checked that box. Mm -hmm. Now, what else? Like, what else is like, how does he take the next level up, you know, while he's still doing all of that? And mm -hmm. so do you feel any of that starting to happen in your life? Oh, for sure, man. I feel like in the last maybe five to 10 years, I've started to do a lot more with different charities. And I feel like that's been really inspiring and powerful. Like I've raised money for World Vision on multiple occasions. Um, I've done stuff with Back on My Feet. Um, I've done, yeah, a lot more uh, giving back. Like I did some stuff with St. Jude and like the chance to like use your running to help other people is just like a win-win, right? Because like, I love running and then I love like inspiring people to run. And then if you can do that for like uh, a worthy cause or benefit, like I think why not? And so like, mm -hmm. even this year, like I did a donut run for <laughs> world vision where you like, uh, it's kind of like a beer run, but uh, you eat a donut every mile. I heard about um, those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I did a half marathon and there is no, like, I'm not a donut guy. So like I hadn't had a donut and I don't even, I couldn't even tell you. And I, I was able yeah. to eat 13 donuts and a little munchkin. It, they weren't Tim Hortons, they were Dunkin', you know? So, yeah. but yeah. you know, they were, they, yeah, that was, that was That's fun. Rough. But you know, we raised a bunch of money for charity and, and those are the type of things where it's like, how can I use this to, you know, impact people? And I, I was just listening to something with Jose Andres. He has like world, world food, world central kitchen, I think. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're doing all these meals. And so like, I feel like, yeah, once you, once you do have some success and you have the opportunity, you know, why not try to give back as much as you can and then hopefully inspire other people to do the same. Yeah. And I, and I agree, Mike, I, 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 here in Canada, I do a lot of work with, with rare disease um, and, and driving initiatives when it comes to that. But, but even on top of that, you know, I was reading, you know, some, some snippets, you know, before this uh, podcast about yourself and, you know, like, you know, even outside of the fact that, you know, helping special needs kids or feeding the hungry or, you know, all these really obvious things that are in front of us, the troubles, and we have the privilege to be able to do all of this. And then we have two legs to complain about and on and so forth. But, you know, there's a lot of people that want betterment within their lives. And there's a lot of people that want to get off the sofa and turn off Netflix. 
you know, and get out and train for a marathon and on and so forth. Do you end up hearing from a lot of, you know, those individuals who are like, hey, I started running because I was motivated by the things that you were doing, your spirit, your energy. Do you end up getting a lot of messages like that of, 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 of uplift? Yeah, man, it's awesome. Like it, it happens uh, in the most random places. I was telling the story actually um, the other day. And so hopefully, uh, I don't know if the, this person will hear this, but uh, it really resonated with me. I was coming back from Guatemala and I was, it was a long trip, like eight days. And it's the first time I'd traveled since the pandemic, like, you know, kind of internationally. And um, I was just, ex you know, really excited to get home. Like our kids had just started school. And so I, you know, I wasn't there for the first day and I missed a couple of scrimmages. And so I was just, I was so excited to get home and, you know, I, I'm trying to, you know, bust through immigration and, you know, kind of, you know, just get back. Um, and the guy at the, um, the last checkpoint is like, Hey, you know, were you, I don't know, are you bringing $10,000? And I'm like, no, not me. You know, like, uh, you know, do you have any live animals? No, I, 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 you know, I've traveled before. I'm not going to bring back anything like that. And then he's like, um, so what's, what's your job right now? And I was like, oh, you know, I have a brokerage. I'm like a partner and I'm a runner. And he's like, oh yeah, were you down in Guatemala doing a trail running camp? And I was like, um, yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, dude. Uh, I was like, wow, that's really weird. How did you know that? And he's like, uh, I was like, wait, are you a runner? And he's like, oh yeah, I might not look like it, but I'm like a big runner and I, I kind of follow you and I was like oh man that's awesome and he's that's like so you know cool. you're an inspiration you know and mm -hmm. so um you know it's one of those things where you, you never know who you're gonna affect and like you mm -hmm. know when you'll have the opportunity to meet them and um yeah it's so I, I'm so glad that um I have a little platform and and people can you know keep track of what I'm doing and um and hopefully you know it motivates people to you know maybe yeah you know, try to do something that, you know, is, is a little bit intimidating for them. And, and I try to kind of share the good and the bad, right? Like, so um, I think a lot of times all you see on social media is like, you know, people with doing the most reps they've ever done or the longest race or the fastest mm -hmm. race. And, and I try to make it uh, real because I think that that's, you know, real life. I mean, a lot of us, you know, it's not always um, rainbows yeah. and butterflies. Like, you know, it's it's hard work and, you know, there's ups and downs. And, and I think if we can kind of be honest and truthful, like all of us struggle at times and, um, but, you know, together we can get where we want to go. Yeah, and I, and I agree, Mike. I think that, you know, I think that people want to emulate what they see that, that's strong and, and, and worthy in other people. You know, you, you pick out the, the individuals that you see as being something you want to be. And then right. they follow you on Instagram and, and you never know, you know, who's paying attention, right? And yeah. so it's, it's, it's pretty awesome stuff. But, it, you know, I want to kind of transition that into kind of discussing, you know, maybe what's next here. Because, you know, we're getting ready for this, you know, both you and I are going to be there and, and competing against 74 three other stubborn sons of bitches who are going to be running in Big's backyard. And it's, I, I think it's going to be the party of the year. I, I, I think it's, it's a small group of people, but everybody is so deserving of being there, you know, the names and on and so forth. Um, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm running just a ton and trying to get as fit as I can, because I think the party is going to start at 50, 60, 70 hours. And I want to be 
I want to be invited. I want to still be able to, to dance at that point. And so I, and I know countless runners that are going to be there. They're all wanting to you know, build that fitness. But I think there's something so cool about things is because, you know, just like Quarantine Backyard Ultra, you know, you with all 63 of your hours, they, they weren't, you weren't running as fast as you could, but you, no. were, you were maintaining and you were, you, it was about not quitting, right? And, and even you had moments at night and, and maybe yeah. you can serve in some of those moments as well too. But, you know, I think the thing that, that, that is going to be really um, awe-inspiring for the, the community by watching something like Biggs is that, you know, during a, a time of pandemic, and during a time of, of really a lot of, of mental fatigue and anxiety and, 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 and depression, there's, there's some pretty crazy mental stuff that's going on all, all over the world and all the, the developed world, at least. Um, you know, they, people look at things like backyard and really it's about showing up, standing up, getting to the start line and not quitting. And so, you know, tell me a little bit more about, you know, your backyard experience at Quarantine Backyard. Um, and then as well, too, some of your, you know, what you're excited about leading into into Biggs next month. Yeah, I mean, well, so I haven't been running much at all. So my fitness is super suspect right now. So, um, so yeah, so you, you're in a better spot than me, I'd say, like, um, yeah, I was hoping to get some training in, in Guatemala and it was just tough training and then, or tough to train there. And then I got a little bit sick. And so, um, my training is pretty crap right now. So I'm, I'm curious as to what that means. Uh, the nice thing is we do not have to go very fast. Like for the people in your audience, if they don't know what big, uh, backyard ultra is, but you basically have to run 4.1 or yeah, four point one seven or four point one eight yeah. or something. Yeah, miles every hour, and I think it's like eight point something kilometers every hour on the hour until everyone quits, basically. And so, uh, and the 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 way this usually works is like there's a couple people uh, that are pretty good in these, but this is the best people from all over the world, um, and so it's just the cream of the 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 pot, and so. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Like most of the time, these are one in, you know, 50 to 60 hours. And I think this one will probably be one in like 65 to 80 hours or something ridiculous. Like it's, it's going to be quite a long way. Um, and, um, and every time I go to Tennessee, the weather is trash. So like, um, like that's always going to be right a factor. Now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mean, yeah, I, I'm excited to, to go like, uh, I, I have really wanted to take part in one of these, like get, getting back to the quarantine backyard ultra last year, I kind of jumped in it. I was doing quite a bit of, um, fastest known time. So kind of like self-directed, uh, events leading up to it. And, and I kind of jumped in it, uh, like two or three days beforehand. I think you and I were talking and I think you were able to, you know, slot me in quickly right at the end. And, um, I didn't really have know what to expect or like what it was all about. Like I had an idea, like I was familiar with the concept, um, but I didn't really know what that meant for me. Like, um, and I was just kind of hoping to run longer than I'd ever run before, which was about 300 kilometers nonstop. Um, so like 36 hours or something. And, um, you know, I was going to be happy with something like that. And, um, when I got into it, I was like, wow, this is, um, this is going pretty well. And so I just kept going and going and going. And then, you know, it kind of got down between me and 
Um, another guy in the Czech Republic, again, named Radic, And I think we battled it out for the last like 16 hours. I think just a mm -hmm. uh, guy on uh, guy battling guy. And um, uh, eventually, um, you know, he had a little bit of issue and uh, wasn't able to get to the start line or didn't know that the start was happening. Um, and I was able to kind of finish off the race in 63 hours for 263 miles so I did you know quite a quite a bit longer than I expected to go but um I felt great and I was hoping to you know kind of push towards like the ultimate record that was set up until that time it's since now been expanded a little bit I think some guys yeah. went pretty damn hours. far yeah exactly yeah, that's which insane. just seems seems like really a long way yeah um, absolutely but um but yeah, so so I was I was really proud of how my body went and how my crew did for me, and I definitely did struggle at points. But um, for the most part, um, you, you know, you're you're running so that you don't wear yourself out, um, and I think that takes a lot of discipline. Like at the beginning, you're going so slow, like mm -hmm. uh, compared to what you can do, um, and then eventually, it's funny. It's like anything. It's like it's so slow until it's not right. Like when you're running a yeah. hundred K the first time uh, you're like, Oh my God, we're going so slow until you get to like, you know, 70 K and then you're like, Oh my God, this feels really fast. And then everyone kind of, I call it like popcorn. There's like a big group. And then all of a sudden you just see people just like start like exploding, right. Yeah. The kernels just start popping. Uh, and that's just kind of what happens in the backyard races. It's like a little thing that, you know, hasn't been an issue. And then all of a sudden 10 hours later, you know, it's, it's un Un, unbelievably uh, impossible to overcome and so um yeah it's just it's just really managing yourself you know staying up on your fluids and being able to you know take food in because you have to keep fueling but you know being able to run on a full stomach and maybe having a lap that's not as comfortable as you'd like but mm -hmm. knowing that if you don't eat you're gonna you know not be able to keep going and so like mm -hmm. um it's a lot of things that you have to deal with um you have to be out there for a long time. You have to deal with like lack of sleep. You have to deal with cold. You have to deal with heat. You have to deal with, uh, is your crew there? Do they have what you need? Do you, do you, you know, have the ability to keep eating? And so, um, I love all those things. I mean, it's just basically like making a lot of binary decisions and each one, you know, adds up. And if you keep making the wrong decision, eventually you're going to make, um, too many mistakes. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, like a lot of Laz Lazarus Lake is the race director and a lot of his races are they don't seem very hard until you're there and then you realize that um, that these are these are challenges that are no joke and um, they test you to the core and and that's what I like about them yeah, yeah it's interesting the <clears throat> all the people we've talked to on the podcast and probably at least 10 I think have done a backyard or bigs you know from Meg oh, yeah. to Courtney to you know Will to oh, lots of people and there's all these different strategies you know how much do you sleep <laughs> how fast do you try and go you know what are you going to end Courtney doesn't count man she's like I don't know man <laughs> she's, yeah, just, she she's just count, good right? at everything man yeah. like she's I a, feel like I, she cyborg. makes it look easy which is like <laughs> uh is the sign of true greatness right oh. like yeah. yeah like absolutely. it's like chip kogi it's like yeah 
okay, yeah, that looks like he's barely running and he's knocking out like four thirties. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, there's somebody that comes by and makes make, makes us all look like children. Right? <laughs> she, you know what? Yeah. Though? She carries the uh, the smile that you know could light up the world. I mean, you know, she's it's at perfect. Yeah. You know, nine mile hundred ten in UTMB, and she's smiling and making everyone on the side feel like you know she's paying attention to them. Yeah, it's just just an incredible person uh yeah it's true iconic. star status yeah, yeah it's like history yeah it's 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 a game changer for sure it'll be very interesting to see you know the the other one that i wanted to touch a little bit on was your uh, seven continent challenge because i in 2007 16 17 i ran six marathons on six continents but, oh wow well done yeah self-organized um <laughs> I did it uh, on commercial airlines and I started in Sydney and then went to Singapore, then went to Johannesburg, then to London, then to Sao Paulo, then to LA. Wow. And, uh, just, in you know. March or something? Sorry? Was it like March then? Uh, it was April of, uh, of 2017 ended sort of like uh, right around Easter time. And okay. I was raising some money, interestingly enough, for kids in high school in Guatemala. Um, oh, wow. That's interesting. The next year, I ended up going to Guatemala and did seven days. I summited the volcanoes down there to raise money again for them. And uh, Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Wait, did just, you go up Fuego? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was right there, man. And that's the one that was like the super highlight of my trip. Yeah. Yeah. Acatanagua. Dude, that's super. That's the one I went up. Uh, that one is really steep, man. You get yeah. some crazy vert. Yeah, really. Like, do. Four miles, you go like 5,000 feet. It's pretty wow. incredible, yeah. And then you got these, this is where I sort of got this idea of, you know, we focus a lot of on who we are, you know, Courtney and Mike, and you get all these people. And then you got these guides who've, who've <laughs> summited that like 500 times. Yes. And they're wearing sandals. And yep. they're carrying like four people's packs and they're making it look like nothing. Like yes. But no one knows who they are. No. no, exactly, man. We're lucky. Yeah, there, there definitely are people out there that are just doing incredible stuff that no one's going to know. Mm -hmm. um, it's like the Sherpas on Everest, right? Like those right. guys are just complete ridiculous uh, animals, like just it's fun to meet them. Endurance and, beasts. Oh, yeah. At a level that is just incredible. Yeah, it's almost, I guess, uh, the Tarawara, which was highlighted, <laughs> you know, way back around Leadville time. But so, you know, the, the difference, I don't know what you felt, you know, going from continent to continent and, you know, you don't really get a lot of rest. And then, you know, my goal wasn't to do, my goal was to sub four for every one of the marathons, which I, I okay. did pull off. Um, and then met a lot of really cool people who would jump in and run with you. And well, it was just yeah. me. Like yeah. my friends would meet me at the airport. They would drive me to the starting point that we had mapped out. And I would mostly try and use marathon courses where i could okay. uh, but when you know i was it been easier just to do it at the airport man yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but it was, I was you would like crush before. the record man you could just do it in the airport and get like a, a flight like six hours later if it was just you i know it was like i was on flights for 12 hours a day and then running well in this country for 12 hours but i was sort yeah. of wondering like what your experience was like um you know, everyone thought, you know, you'd get more tired. I think I got more energy as the week went on. Um, For sure. Felt better. Did you have that? Like, what was your sort of takeaway from doing the seven? Because you never really get to talk to people who have done something similar, because this is really a small group of people. 
Yeah, I feel like you're right. I feel like I was telling somebody, I think it was at the trail running camp I did in Guatemala. I was saying like, I think I've done something that less people have. I accomplished something like by running a marathon seven days on seven continents um, uh, that I think there's been more people on the moon or something like than have done that or you know mm. it's like one of those weird weird like cherry pick stats but like yep. it's it's like completely true i think like um but yeah so i agree like i i was expecting um different things like i was expecting to be more tired like you said like i feel like um i got stronger as the week went along like i've noticed that as uh, i'm pretty good at stage racing and so like I had a feel that I might um be be better as the day as the weeks or the day went along or the I'm sorry the days went along and the in the week progressed uh what I was concerned about that wasn't really a factor was um time zones because you don't really care like you know they'll just say like hey it's two o'clock in the morning and you'll just be like, I don't, I don't care. Like we were just joking. Like we're citizens of the world. You're just like, I don't care. Like it doesn't really matter to me. Like everyone yeah. else, like it's a big deal. Cause it's like the middle of the night for them, but you've already been awake for however many hours. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, whatever, this is just whatever time it is. Like yeah. time is just pretend anyhow. Like, so uh, I thought I'd be um, having trouble like keeping food down and that wasn't an issue at all mm. uh i thought i'd be able to get more food at the airports but like you always land at like two o'clock in the morning or like mm -hmm. at nine o'clock on a sunday and there's like nothing open so like mm. i was really lucky that i packed a bunch of emergency snacks so i ate way more so i basically just had like my bag like i would like if it was a self-supported stage race and i just ate out of that um mm. and i didn't expect to use that as much as i did uh, even though the race that i went through like they did a really good job providing stuff it was just nice to know that you always had your own food mm. um and then some of the venues like cooked us like crazy meals like australia and perth like those guys just were just insane they like were like had a whole barbecue going like it was it was nuts mm. um I was the biggest thing that I didn't consider that was a factor was that your body um, like if you were doing a stage race across the Sahara Desert like you're used to it by like the second day you're like okay this is your mm -hmm. body's like okay yeah it's going to be hot every day and then at night it's going to be super cold but like if you're flying from Antarctica where it's like negative 30 C and then the next day you're in Cape Town and it's um, 30 plus or 35 yeah. your body's like hold on this is only like six hours Ooh. later and now I have to deal with like heat stroke going from like freezing and so like that was a big deal that I wasn't expecting and then That's like having point. the right kit for uh, each location mm -hmm. um, you know having the right shoes like for where you know you might need trail shoes in antarctica whereas you know road shoes are what you need um for you know most of the other races um mm -hmm. you know it's interesting that just dealing with the heat like your body like i had a hard time like can regulating my temperature it's kind of like as you know when you're doing a really long ultra and like you're you know 80 miles in or you're 36 hours in all of a sudden like you know, it gets like, I've done bad water before. And like, you're uh, in the day, it's maybe like 120 Fahrenheit. And then at night it goes down to 80, but it feels like you're yeah. like at zero, you're just freezing. And you're like, I need a, 
I need a I need a wool beanie and or a toque, right? You guys call it a toque? Yeah, a toque uh, up in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I need that and everyone's looking at you like you're psycho and you're like, no, yeah. no, no, I need a puffy coat too. Like mm-hmm. and your body just can't control the the so you I feel like that was one of the biggest factors was like controlling the temperature. Uh and then I didn't really sleep. Um right. so a lot of people had trouble um no trouble sleeping, uh, but you know, they were like maybe augmenting with like wine or like, um, melatonin oh. or something. And I just didn't take anything. So like, mm-hmm. um, you know, sleeping more would be a factor, but usually that's like kind of one of my superpowers is like, I don't need a ton of sleep. Um, and so like, I've been able to, you know, utilize that pretty well. well yeah, so so Mike, let's talk about that superpower, right? Because hmm. like, okay. So you know, we talk to a lot of, you know, world-class ultra runners and, and, you know, just fast guys, but nobody can run, you know, really well. And then the next day, you know, and, and even though you're, you're not running your best the next day, you're still crushing it. Right. Um, like you were running 245s on average, like all those marathons, that's fast. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, you know, have you ever had any lab work done? Have you, has your body ever been studied of like, okay, why does Michael Wardian you know, maybe you have a superpower and you don't even know it, right? Like <laughs> yeah, who was no, that I, guy that 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 uh, that free climber that you know they studied his brain and he didn't. Alex Connell. Alex. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you have you had any work done like that? Like, or would you be willing to do that? Uh, yeah. I, so I have had some work done like that. I did a study at um, University of Connecticut, like their endurance lab, where they like actually took like uh, tissue samples and and cool. that kind of stuff. And it was cool. Like they partnered us. It was like kind of a blind, it was actually like a low carb athlete or no carb athlete versus like a high carb. Like I'm a high carb athlete, but like the, I would think they kind of part you partner you with like similar type endurance athletes. So I think my partner was Zach bitter, like that they like kind of compared his, mm-hmm. cause he's like low carb and I'm high yep. carb. And we've kind of like, I'd say like, he's kind of a badass. Like I'm like a lesser of a badass, but like, I, I feel like we've done some similar stuff. And um, so, yeah, so I, I've done some stuff like that. And then I work with a company called inside tracker quick plug for a sponsor, but like, I, uh, I have get tested pretty regularly. Um, And so like, I have checked biomarkers and that kind of stuff. Um, I'm always curious like about those because you know you're you think like oh you know I eat pretty healthy and then you're like oh crap like I'm low in like sex testosterone or something I'm like no I'm not I'm not but like you know like uh, it's like weird things like that where you're like oh well maybe I should eat more chia seeds or most of the time it's like instead of blueberries I should eat raspberries and like that's the kind of stuff that's actually actionable and pretty helpful yeah but I guess my question Mike is like you know I, I hang out with a lot of really good runners and, and including myself, when I end up going out and running, I, I feel like a, a bag of smashed assholes the next day. And like, I can run, like I can shuffle, but I can't, I can't run a 245 marathon the next day. And it seems like you, you're like, you're like, meh, you know what? I, I, I've had worse days. And, and so, but you, you do it kind of laissez-faire. Th- does it hurt the next day? Um. I feel like I recover pretty quick, but it definitely doesn't feel awesome at the beginning, but I definitely, I, I almost always recommend this to, to people. If you can get out and move the next day after a hard effort, you're going to feel so much better than if you just sat around like, and 
uh, you don't have to go super fast and especially the first couple kilometers or miles, but like eventually your body just kind of is like, okay, this is what we're doing. Like, right. it'll try to shut you down at first and be like, mm. Hey, let's not do this. But if you can kind of fight through that, you'll feel so much better. Like I, I, yeah, I, I always try to try to do something if I can, um, you know what I'm I found trapped on a plane or whatever. I'm sure that you found the same thing. So, and, and look, Dave is the guy who's going to run across Canada faster than anyone else next year. And he's going to try and do 65 oh, yeah. miles, 65 nice. miles a day. So for him to sort of say to us, oh, I can't understand how you can run 26 a day is almost just funny, but right. you know, this guy is, uh, he's more humble than the day is long. But yeah. what I found, and I'm sure that we all, whoever does multiple day stuff, there is a rhythm and gets predictable. So for me, it was the first three miles were terrible. Then <laughs> three to 10, eh, then 10 to 17 was like a joy. And then I felt like I was done. Once I got to 17, 18, I'm like, ah, and it just, it followed the same way. And then you just, the, the system builds a pattern around it. And if you are trying to go fast enough, like, you know, admittedly, I wasn't doing 245s. My fastest, I think, was like a 344 on the fifth day. And okay. it was just about sort of just in each of those segments, figuring out, okay, the first three, you're going to hit 10 minute pace because you're just slow. Yeah. But understanding the way the system was responding made it easier because then I wasn't mentally disappointed or like, okay, it's going to feel crummy right now. The only yeah. thing that I found that was almost impossible was the Singapore heat, 90 <laughs> degrees, 90% humidity. And my yeah. support team, which was one guy on a bicycle, forgot the drinks and for 14 miles i went with nothing i'm like yeah kill me you know like yeah but that's that's sort of what happens but i think that that rhythm is what's so we got to get proctor to talk to us about his rhythm of how do you go and run 65 miles a day for 100 days or something ridiculous that he's setting yeah. up yeah i mean i think that it's funny because i'm my goal is to run across the country next year too but it was my next States. question yeah yeah so like it's uh it's it's been on my radar for a long time and you know you have to you know kind of figure out the sponsors and like what route you're doing and mm. you know get the time from work and you know make the time from the family and so it's it's a lot of logistics and you know hopefully it'll oh, yeah hopefully we can share some tips everyone i've talked to and dave i'm sure you've talked to a lot of people says your body is basically like you're trying to kill me for the first two weeks and if you can make it through the first two weeks yeah. uh without any major injuries you're going to get some kind of injury probably um and if you can keep moving forward eventually your body is like okay I know you're trying to kill me, but this is what we're doing. And then, right. and then you get into routine basically. And your body's like, okay, we can do this. And you just have to keep fueling it and taking care of it. And then, yeah. Yeah. and then you, yeah, you just basically knock out the miles or kilometers. Right. And, but yeah, the first two to three weeks is pretty brutal from what I understand. Yeah. And that was my understanding too. And I, I leaned a lot on Pete Kostelnik with, with he has got the trans-american right and so yeah you know, exactly. and, and, and that's what he said and i couldn't i in fact i did a ted talks uh because I, I, I attempted it back in 2018 and i only got halfway across the country but it was still like i don't know three thousand whatever kilometers and <laughs> yeah. so it was still a hundred and plus kilometers a day but you know the first yeah i think it was seven or eight days 
you know, your body is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Like you, you right. need to stop. And it hurts so bad. And yeah. then I remember I was running up Rogers Pass, which up in Canada's and Canadian Rockies. And it's a steep, long climb. And I remember I was like, my pace was better than, than it was on the flats the day before. And I was like, I'm, fe- I'm feeling better, right? And so, in fact, we ended up doing some really cool cardiovascular imaging studies where they did, car- they did MRIs of my heart because we traveled across the country. And so you could see the adaptation as it goes along. It's really rad stuff. Wow, that's super um, cool. Yeah, that that well, I work with like a company called MedStar, so that would be actually pretty oh. cool to have like a baseline and then like yeah. to yeah. like were you doing it like weekly or when? Yeah, we yeah weekly. Yeah. Yeah. And so like so, every Sunday had, at like you know you well that's sweet too because you can probably rest in there for forty five minutes or whatever. Right. Well, yeah, you end up falling asleep <laughs> in the MRI. Yeah. And so, but basically, like what happens to the human body when it comes to the human human adaptation? Because like you know. I don't know, like, do people you know, really ever go there? Like, I think, yeah. the, you know, we complain about what's hard and difficult and challenging in this world, while you and I go to a grocery store and walk through, and it's got 20,000 food items you didn't need to hunt, gather, grow, prepare, and yet we're pouting about what's hard, right? Yeah. And it's like our ancestors 500 years ago, 2000 years ago, did hard things. Oh, yeah. And, and, and their body, if, 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 you, if it was harvest season, back you know joe and mike when when we were you know 600 years ago you had to hammer for like an entire you know six weeks hard and we would get stupidly fit and the first week i'm sure would suck and then the second week would be easier and then the third third week would be easier so i mean when it comes to your running mike like you're you're built for a trans-american speed record like do you do you think that you could maybe take down pete's pete's record wait before you answer that mike (laughs) let me tell you what I'm going to message Pete after this because he wants someone to break his record. He's he tired does. of holding the record. He said this to us many times and Pete's like, I'm done. Like, come on, can't someone come to, so I'm going to tell him that Mike's going to go break the record next year. Mike's well, he and I were part, uh, were uh, roommates and uh, at, cause we're both Hoka athletes. So, yeah. um, so I've talked to him about it too. I just don't know, man. It's just such a mm-hmm. big number every day. Like it's just, crazy like what he was able to do and um yeah i mean i'd i'd like to think that i could do that and i when i was hoping to do it um last year or the year before i feel like i had really good fitness i feel like i said my fitness isn't as as you know if if it was going into last year i got hurt in october and so i've been coming back from that and so like before that i think i was probably the fittest i'd ever been and i'd think like wow like maybe i had a shot at it but i feel like if i can get my fitness back i'd like to you know i'd like to give it a go like i i don't know what would happen it's such it's such a big number every day and then it's for so many days in a row and then there's so many things that can mess it up right like you could get food poisoning you could you know get hit by a car you could get lost you i mean like every, you know, that's like, that's like, I'm sure that they got lost. Like he put up those numbers, like, like, at, and points, like he's not making, it's not, he's not always running the tangent in the right road. Like, no. like right. it's just not possible. So like, that's with like mistakes and mess ups and like people not, like you said, like your dude doesn't show up for 14 miles or like they don't have your food where they're supposed to meet right. you or like you're, 
you know, at a Holiday Inn and the kids next door are hammering on the wall all night. Like they're, uh, it's just, it's just insane. So like, well, yeah, and it's, yeah, all the things, right? I mean, I remember <laughs> back in 2018 when I was running cross Canada, there was a tornado that blew through one day. Like yeah. I, I never, I never planned for like, I was like, oh, I guess we have to stop. Right. Yes. And so mm. like, what do you do? Right. Right. But yeah. It's, it's, it's really, what is it? 42 days. Yeah, it's like 42 days of like 70 miles a day. Like it's just of so many just, variables. Like there's a gazillion yeah. variables. You can get hit by a car on the 41st day. I'm yeah. really hoping that doesn't happen to you, Mike. It's yes, like, I I would really not like that to happen. Like no. I was running around in Guatemala, like just trying to go for deep sea fishing, and like there was cars buzzing me, and I'm just like, yeah. man, this is what it's gonna be like, you know? But like mm-hmm. I ran across the state of Delaware last summer, and it, you know, it can be it's dangerous if you're running on the roads, like it, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not the same as, you know, running on a bike trail or a protected area. No, know? we were just talking to Bob Hearn, who just broke the fall state record, right? I mean, so yeah. you know, he was dealing with a lot of that because as you get more tired, you know, your judgment's a little bit wacky and you don't know exactly where the line is. And, but yeah, yeah I think, uh, but it's why, you know, you're out doing what you're doing, right? I mean, this yeah. is, this I is want to see, guardian. You know? right? Exactly. Yeah. That's the point. I got to go find out, right? Because right. And like, what if I? So what if I come up short? Like, I'd rather come up short and you know have tried and and like really that. like if I can just make it across the country, like I'll be so excited. Like no. really, like I Even just want to like go to the West days. Coast. Yeah. I, I and like I would you know I was thinking like you know worst case like it'd be cool to do it like under my age so like I'm 47 now so if I was like 48 and I could finish under 48 days like that would be pretty amazing but mm-hmm. if I can just get across the country under my own power like mm-hmm. I don't know incredible you know, then I might be a, a, a you know a demographic of one you know seven marathon seven days seven continents and transcon and then yeah. You know, once, once I do that, like, you know, there's all the other continents. Like, I think, you know, people are, you know, people run across Australia, people run across okay. Europe and, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that I still want to do. It's a big world. Which is why yeah. we'll keep track of what you're doing. Yeah. So I guess, you know, that's probably not a bad transition, Mike, because you probably have lots still to get done today. You know, <laughs> we, um, when Dave and I set out, you know, we were like, the world didn't need another podcast. We know that, but you know, the concept of facing tomorrow and, you know, for us to just get to spend time, great guys like you is really cool. But this, this idea, you know, which is what is your chasing tomorrow? You know, like what, what's going to keep us motivated and moving forward for you sort of, you were thinking more broadly about it. What's next for Mike Wardian? Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of, uh, I guess I buried the lead or whatever, but yeah, yeah it's still, you know, the big thing for me, yeah, I want to run across the country. So like, that's, that's kind of what I'm focused on before that though. you know, I've got coming up, I've got, um, a Spartan trail event in San Jose, a 50 kilometer, um, the 17th, 18th. And then the next day I'll try to run the San Francisco marathon see how that goes. Um, (laughs) getting ready for, I'm going to do the Chicago, Boston double, um, the couple days leading up to Big's backyard. So, um, you know, I'll have a couple days recovery and then um, start Big's backyard, I think on the 15th of 16th of October mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, you know, hopefully a couple more um, events in uh, November. I was supposed to do a, uh, an event in Mexico for Alter X, but it just got canceled, unfortunately. So, um, 
yeah so it's it should be a really good fall like it's nice to see in-person races coming back like i did so many virtual races last year that it's nice to you know strap a bib on and you know bump elbows with people and um you know kind of push each other in person like mm -hmm. i love the virtual stuff but it is nice to you know toe the line next to somebody and um you know get to look in their eyes and uh see how they're see how they're feeling <laughs> they can they can you know it's 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 a nice um it's yeah it's nice to nice to be out there with people so what i'll tell you is you know when uh when dave does uh, his attempt next year i'm going to be out there we're going to broadcast while he's out there and if you do oh great yeah, if you yeah, do man. the us one i'm going to come find you and broadcast uh with you at some point uh running across the u.s that'll be the oh that would be amazing man yeah I, i'm gonna need all the help i can get if you yeah. know of uh if you know of any um you know any sponsors or or anyone that wants to you know be a part of, of something that could be pretty cool let me know that'd be great and uh, yeah i need volunteers too so if you guys are already full and people are like, oh, we want to help Dave, you can be like, oh, there's this American guy that wants to do something similar. If you want to check out the, you know, the West Coast or, um, you know, that that would be great because, yeah, I think I think it'll be I don't know how how are you planning to do your kind of crewing for that? Are you going to have like one crew chief that stays the whole time and then rotate people through or? Yeah, no, I think we're going to rotate people through in 2018. I think it made a mistake by having one crew the whole time. Okay. Yeah, and that makes get, it tough, dude. Yeah, yeah, you just get pissy with one another and tired, and it, it's it's a lot harder on the crew than than what I thought. No, right? I think that yeah. like that's uh, I ran across Israel in 2019. It was like yeah. 100k a day, and and um, you know, it was around a thousand kilometers, and so yeah. like a third of what you did, and you know, by day eight, you guys are you're like, dude, like. I, I'd love to see somebody else's face and they're like, yeah, yeah we hate you. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you smell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll, no, I'll we're not gonna we're group. not gonna dry your socks anymore. Like, I know. Exactly. Yeah. We're no, no, we, we had a great time, year. but yeah, yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, it's gonna be all yeah. I mean it, it's it's yeah, and we'll take this offline. We're we're definitely gonna have to do some planning back and forth. And I'm gonna learn a lot from you. And I think that there's some learning as well too that can go back and forth. And because there's only when one are you, when are you gonna start? Probably June first of twenty twenty two. Oh yeah, I guess that's not as hot for you guys up there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're we're up we're up north, so yeah, that's that's we have a small season that we could do it unless I'm going, I want to take out the cross country skis, and it's yeah. seven thousand two hundred kilometers. Keep in mind, so it's a big country. Yeah. No, yeah, that's that's yeah. so that'll take you a hundred days or. Uh, no, it'll take me. I'm hoping for sixty-seven. It, what's is that the record or what? The record seventy-two, so it's a hundred kilometers oh, wow. a day for seventy-two days in a row. Wow. Yeah yeah it's epic yeah, yeah. and how we'll much see. climbing is that uh enough i forget, I forget what yeah but it was yeah a lot of meters on, yeah 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 a yeah lot. yeah if i gave it to you in meters you guys would, wouldn't know yeah would, uh, i would know i would know but yes it's a it's a lot a lot of meters yeah, yeah uh and are you gonna go east or west i'm gonna go east to west yeah oh wow is that traditional because that's is that against the, the jet stream yeah, but it's the it's a it's a route that Terry Fox ran back in. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that documentary. He's, and he's raised eight hundred million dollars for cancer research and just a stud. So yeah. it's Canadian history, and I yeah I I, I just got to do it. It's uh, yeah. that's awesome. That's sweet. Yeah, man, you we should, got you should... we got something going here between you two, so we're gonna try uh, to get yeah, Canada, we'll definitely connected. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely take this offline. But I want to thank you, Mike, for for all the time, and and I, I really can't wait to share miles with you uh, down in in Tennessee in October. Yeah, it'll be fun, man. Yeah, I'll see how long I can keep up. Like it'll be it'll be fun just to be there, and uh, I feel like it's going to be one of those things where you know even if. Um, you know, you don't go as far as you want, you'll learn a lot from watching what everyone else does. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of excited about that, just to see like, kind of how that all works. Yeah, me too. Beautiful yeah. thing. Well, thanks, Mike. Enjoy the rest of the day. And we'll see you out on the trail. All right, cool, man. Thanks, Thank Mike. you. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, Dave, Mike redefines recovery and endurance. I know it seems hard to comprehend how he goes from a really hard effort to another hard effort again and again. I mean, just truly incredible. And I know he said he's under trained for bigs, but for sure he's going to be out there giving his all. I think he might even be in that final group of crazy runners trying to be the last person standing. Hey, I got an idea. How about after the race, I interview and Mike and see how it went. That would be fun for our listeners. All right, well, there you have it. Here's a wrap for this week. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Performance Tea. You can find them on www.performancetea.com. And they've given us a discount code for any of our listeners to get 20% off their purchase. Just use Chasing20 at checkout. And we would greatly appreciate it if you could follow us on Instagram and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. And as always, a huge thanks to our listeners for coming with us on this journey and chasing tomorrow with us. Thanks.